0: Welcome back to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church podcast, where we have conversations about leadership, we get behind the scenes of church life, and we dig into what it looks like to follow Jesus as we find our way together. Please join me in welcoming our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. We're uh, wrapping up our ministry season here in the month of June with uh, a bit of a kind of a debrief and summary of how our various locations are doing uh, across our Southridge community. And so today we get to focus on Vineland with one of our uh, two-headed monster of our uh, Vineland location pastor these days. Uh, Welcome back, Nate Dirks. Nate, welcome uh, back.
1: Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me here. I really appreciate that. And like you said, as a two-headed monster, I really appreciate that you've given me the tap on the shoulder rather than carry. And I'll have to... You know, rub that in for her later as well.
0: Wow, Carrie was here about a month ago based on the the Family Ministry series. So I thought, uh, rather than double dip with her, we haven't heard from you for a while and haven't heard from you specifically talking about
1: Vineland. So I thought uh, this is kind of a new twist. Yeah, that's fair. Carrie was the number one pick. So I came, so I'm coming here a month later. So I I probably shouldn't bring that up. Yeah, she might have been the default. But (laughs) hey,
0: uh, before we get into things, give us just a check in on how you're doing.
1: How's your world these days, family, kids? What's going on? I mean this is just a good time of the year. So I mean things just feel good when it's when it's spring and the weather is good and we're outside. So I'm loving that, you know. Um, I think for me personally what I've kind of been wrestling with right now is sort of like I'm in my I'm in my late 30s right now and I'm feeling like I don't know if it's through COVID and not being able to be as active as I should, but I feel like I've like tweaked some injuries in the last little while so instead of leaning into the sports that I would like to this summer, I'm kind of trying to like rehabbing myself so I can get back into doing soccer and climbing and the things that I'd love to do. So I'm kind of, uh, that's kind of my personal mode right now, where where I'd love to be able to sort of get into that place, hopefully in the middle of summer here. But definitely with my family, with our boys, uh, we've got our three three boys, Malachi, Isaiah and Elijah, and they're all playing soccer this summer and, and just being outside, running around and um, just wreaking havoc in our neighborhood in, in a lot of good ways. And so loving that. And, uh, and with my, my wife, Taryn, she's She's at school and she's working full time and she's playing soccer and doing all these things. We just have like a, we have a busy household, but um, just really enjoying the balance of all that right now. And it's been, it's just good.
0: Yeah. Those who are listening and can't see what it's like for Nate and I to get together in a meeting lately, he's been limping in with like knee braces and things. And so as the 50 year old who's running five, six days a week, I definitely have taken it upon myself to chirp. (laughs) <laughs> young nathan in his uh youthful exuberance but he's looking old i don't i don't know how else to say it he's falling i'm
1: falling apart here absolutely yeah
0: yeah, yeah it's tough gotta yeah, take it's care it's of yourself
1: yeah thanks for chirping me that's definitely the, the support that i need right now to, to motivate me to get back into things yeah
0: exactly yeah the carrot or the stick hey uh anything fun planned for you guys for the summer what are you looking forward to
1: you know, we do small things. We've got, we, we, we try to do a little camping here and there with our family and we've been fixing up this little old uh, like pop-top trailer. And, and so we've got some of that kind of stuff going on. I think the the main thing for us just really is kind of the day-to-day of like, you know, dropping at Sunset Beach in the evening or being able to just go and just kick around a soccer ball and the, just, you know, it's after, after work and instead of kind of like hunkering down like we're doing in the winter, it feels like we've got hours to do stuff. Um, and then the one kind of big thing that we've got coming up in for us is, is in July, we're going to visit some friends from our years when we were living out in Botswana, um, who now live in the States and we're going to drive down to Pennsylvania, kind of meet them halfway and and do some camping with them. So we're really looking forward to that.
0: Sounds good. I I love that. Uh, we're all kind of in a bit better spirits than we were six months ago, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Just, just as a function of the weather here in Canada. Um, Hey, You've been a a location pastor together with Carrie for all of about a month now. It was only the 14th of May when we celebrated the end of Rick's Weirs in Vineland. So uh, I'm curious to get into some of this conversation with some fresh energy, some fresh perspective. So um, talking about the the Vineland location, can you just start off reminding us a little bit of its history and kind of how it came to be?
1: Yeah, absolutely. For me, I haven't I wouldn't participate in the entire history. And so it was cool to be able to, over the last five years that I've been there, learn about it and actually witness and how and see kind of the, the repercussions of how that's played out. And the way that it's worked for us as a church community was that uh, about ten years ago, we there was Vineland Mennonite Brethren Church in the Vineland area and the the building that we that we are now uh that we now consider Vineland location. And Vineland Mennonite Brethren Church was Uh, a community where there was some resonance with what was going on at Southridge, and just especially in our expression of a posture towards the most vulnerable in our community externally. And there was some question about, could we actually partner together and uh, become a Southridge Vineland location with that same focus? And over the last decade, uh, we've seen that playing out, um, especially in what, I know we'll talk more about this, but in in regards to our our focus on the Caribbean community of migrant farm workers uh, in the area. And the, the way that that sort of played out has just like this merging of these two, two communities played out with all of the messiness of two communities who, you know, coming from different kind of places, but also the beauty of sort of seeing how that's played out. And over these decades, you still have folks who um, kind of had jumped into that from the Southridge side of things at that time and are still active participants and, and leading in that space. And you also still have folks who had been from the Vineland Mennonite Brethren side of things who are saying, ah, could we partner with these guys and who are there just active leaders and who have just really brought the full weight of themselves and, and, and between the merging of those two, we've just seen a really cool community um, that has a lot of life and vibrancy and new people, myself and others over the years who have just come into it and, and just sort of felt that this is a, a good landing spot and just a community that welcomes with open arms.
0: Yeah, those are great comments. I remember back in the day, the the heart of the VMB crowd, the, the language they were using as a church was arrows out, arrows out, which indicated kind of who their purview was for and the fact that they wanted to center on people beyond themselves, which has really been the spirit that's carried us in, in partnership and as a location through today. Along those lines, um, I know that one of your... Uh, kind of core areas of focus, even as, let alone before uh, serving as a location pastor, has been the anchor cause in Vineland. So give us a kind of a robust description of what life is like these days in serving and serving with our migrant farm worker friends.
1: Yeah, you know what? it's an ongoing journey of of people who are who have, you know, on the surface, you know, differences and different experiences getting to know each other and learning to trust each other and actually being influenced by each other. And so that sort of arrows out focus as you talk about that um, in over these last 10 years really has been, I mean, some people who are familiar with our, our community, but some who aren't like we we live in a community that's that's very, um, there's this farming community and it's just been tradition. It's a lot of like Dutch and German background, a lot of white people like in this, in this community doing this work who have settled for a number of generations. And then you also have Um, migrant farm workers who since 1967 have been coming out. Some guys have literally been been coming out themselves for about 40 years for, you know, up to eight months of the year doing work uh, in the community. And despite that long history, you know, we would have had sort of like this sense that there's that, that there, and, and the actual practical experience that there isn't always a lot of community interaction together. There's a lot, not a lot of actually personal awareness of each other and relationship developing and, For us, being able to to do over these last 10 years to explore that has just been really important. And I think one of the interesting things, and I'll speak to to where we're at in a moment, Um, but one of the interesting things for me was, you know, you're talking about kind of our history. I know that like, and this is kind of jumping back a little bit, but when we had talked about as a Southridge community where we had first explored um, moving to St. Catharines for our St. Catharines location and being a part of the community with people experiencing homelessness, I think one of the things that we had, we had felt at the time um, was the idea that like we're kind of out here in the vineyards and like we need to be, you know, where there are people that are experiencing vulnerabilities and marginalization. Let's go into, you know, let's move to downtown St. Catherine so we can be right amidst the people experiencing homelessness rather than out here in the vineyards. And what's so interesting in our Vineland location was it was it's, it's a part of the ongoing reminder that like even when we're trying to be sensitive to people experiencing marginalization, we continue to marginalize certain people. And that just, I'm sure that continues to be true because we then later realized oh, wait, we were looking through these vineyards and overlooking the fact that there was a whole community right in those vineyards. And um, where we're at right now with that is that we've got just friendships just among hundreds of people together um, as Canadians and, and Caribbean uh, friends, um, people from Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago, St. Vincent, Grenada, Dominica. That all of us together, are just you know, feeling each other out, and some of these there's relationships they're almost a decade long at this point, where you have just these deep friendships, and uh, some folks in our community who just would just have some really cool friendships together, and have visited each other and, and do barbecues in the summer together and hang out and you know go to go to Jay's games together, have visited friends in in Jamaica predominantly, and so you have some of these deep relationships. You also have some really new ones, people who we've only met in the last few months, and we're getting to know each other. And uh, we're you know we're both serving each other and learning from each other and trying to see how we can actually be influenced by each other. Um, And because of that, some practical ways that that's playing out have been one, the social services that we're providing are are just growing because we're recognizing oh like these are friends of ours here's some challenges they're experiencing oh there's not sufficient healthcare. When when you have a friend who's who's not getting sufficient healthcare, you want to do something about that. And so that's really grown over the last number of years that my predecessor Tim Arnold had initiated and. And uh, Rachel Krause, one of our key leaders in Vineland, continues to lead, and we, which has just grown over the years in terms of the health care that we provide with the clinic right in the building. But that's grown also in terms of like um, the legal clinic that we now have with, with support in that way, in terms of the um, permanent residency that we're exploring, sort of uh, sessions that we do to help with that, and a lot of other ways, the thrift shop that we have there to help with sort of immediate needs in terms of physical clothing and, and goods like that. It's just really grown. And the other part of that is just how we're integrating like socially, right? Like relating to each other. And so some of that has to do with just how we hang out and the events that we do. And, you know, next week we're going to Niagara Falls and we're we're having different ways that we're hanging out together and going bowling and whatever. But we're also just seeing like, how would we actually change the way that we do spiritual gatherings, the way that we get together and integrate our community so that when we're when we're getting together in a large group, kind of gathering, you know, the traditional Sunday morning, how does that become a Canadian Caribbean experience together, where we all can just worship together for those who are followers of Jesus or are curious? How can we do that together and be influenced by each other in those ways? So, I could rant about this for hours, but that's like the snapshot of yeah. what's going on.
0: No, that's fantastic. As you summarize that, and and again, it's an important summary because our locations are most defined by the difference we seek to make in the part of the world where God's placed us. They're missionally focused through our anchor cause, but uh, there's so much more than that. So in light of your kind of last month serving as location pastor, knowing that we're in a place where we're kind of winding up our ministry season, what would you say the pulse is just of the community these days, and maybe especially as we come out of the pandemic?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And I think that you know, as Carrie and I have been talking and our team has been talking about, you know, where are we at and what are we experiencing? One of the, one word that's kind of, um, come to my mind. Um, I don't know if it's the best word, or if it's the most predominant thing that we're experiencing right now, but a word that's come to me has been the, the word curiosity. And I think that what I kind of mean by that is we've got, I mean, we've got this vibrant community right now of, uh, folks again, who have been here for a long time, grew up in, in the church here and who are, who've just have been a part of through Vineland MB and be in Southridge for years and years and years. You also have people who are brand new um, who are just coming into this or in the last six months or a year and people who, are, who have come into it from different spaces. But I think that there's a sense of curiosity for everybody um, in terms of like, what could we be as a community? How can we actually experience more of Jesus together through kind of the unique shape that I think that God's kind of opening up for us here in terms of the, seeing the face of Jesus through others um you know I think that there's there's a curiosity about what that can look like and how that can play out how we can raise our children in that kind of environment and have you know essentially we're even having cross-cultural experiences in our community we're having experiences where our kids are being raised in ways where the people that they know and are, are being influenced by are maybe different than than uh had been the case uh in our community a number of years ago you know I know with my boys we would see like they'd be talking about um uh, you know, various friends of ours who are from Trinidad and from Jamaica, and from and they would just be like, would consider those folks that they're learning from. And for me, as a kid who's grown up on the mission field and who just really ex- appreciated having experienced that, um, raised in a cross-cultural environment and what that kind of meant for my faith, seeing that for my kids, I think is phenomenal. Something I would have deeply wanted, and I see that curiosity from the people around us in the in the location right now. Of like, huh, I wonder what. God's doing with this and how we can actually lean into this more. So vibrant and and definitely a curiosity right now in a, in a healthy way.
0: Hmm. Where would you say, whether it's coming out of the pandemic or maybe unique to the mix of long timers and brand new people, whatever, from a pastoral pulse, where do you feel like people are at spiritually? What would you, what would you say in addition to the community being vibrant and curious?
1: I think that there's... Um, that there's an openness right now um i think there's an openness for the for inclusivity for the people who are around us and for how we can be influenced by each other i think part of our you know we've talked with our other love beyond belief journey that we've been on as a church in uh, and particularly in the language of um, how we're being influenced and the, the, the relationship we have among the lgbtq plus community and how we're able to actually integrate together and say how do we actually um how do we be a community that has is inclusive and is open in those ways and i think that that posture is also making us um again whether it's new folks coming in or folks who've been here for a long time question what it means to be open and inclusive to everybody around us and how do we learn from each other and i think that spiritually i think that there's um there's an openness in that too to what can I, how can I just recognize that my rootedness in Christ is where I'm starting from and starting from and ending at, and that that's where, that's who I am is, is my identity is in the person of Jesus. And that intimacy with Jesus is what I'm invited to. And that actually my open posture to the people around me actually doesn't kind of like distract me from that or doesn't become something that's scary and, and might shake me off of that foundation but actually strengthens that and adds to that and provides beautiful um, different ways that actually I hadn't known before uh, in, the, in ways of, of becoming more intimate and, and identifying uh, with Christ, finding my identity in Christ. And I think that that openness and inclusion um, is deeply spiritual where people are at. And I think that one of those things is hoping that, um, that we can just continue to lean into that and not be overlooking the people who are coming in who are new and not be overlooking each other And just only starting to, you know, continuing to get into the mode of, you know, this is now my core group of people, or these are the people that I know. But the hope is that we can continue with that in that mode of just really being open, learning from each other as our community continues to grow and and be shaped by folks coming in.
0: Hmm. What would you say, as you're talking with leaders specific in your location, would be some of the big challenges right now?
1: I think that the, I mean, all these things that we that we're celebrating right now um, are good, and also our challenges. So, I think one of the things would be as we're talking about, we've used the language internally, the language of integration. So, you know, it's kind of dry, but the language of like integration is like, hey, if we're if we're different cultures here, even very specifically in regards to um, folks who have been raised in Canada and are Canadian citizens in our community and friends who are coming in here for a certain number of months of the year and going back and coming back and from the Caribbean that we're wanting to integrate together. And it's, it is, it's a challenge I think to do that because it means that we need to actually, if the we in this context for myself as a, as somebody who's, you know, born and and largely raised in Canada and like, how do I actually kind of adapt myself And let go of some of the things that all of a sudden I realize, oh, I hold more dearly than I thought, in terms of my routine and my schedule and who I hang out with and what my week looks like and when I worship and when we're together as a community. Like, how can I actually hold those things more more loosely, so that we can actually have an open posture to be influenced, and make that space for our friends from the Caribbean? And so when we're talking about very specific, like things as specific as we're used to a Sunday morning gathering as sort of like the large gathering that we do during the week. Well, a lot of our friends are working and we've talked about that, that our friends are working on Sunday morning. So can we move, try moving some Sundays to the evenings and can we integrate well within that? Great. Theologically, there are differences too. How do we integrate there? Culturally, how we worship, there's differences there. And that's just about the gathering on Sundays, let alone all the other parts of our lives of just how we hang out and everything. So that integration piece is a big challenge for sure. It's, It's probably our biggest opportunity and our biggest challenge in some ways. One that I would also say right now would be, especially with, you talked about, uh, you know, our our pastor, Rick Zweres, who's retired recently and Carrie and I stepping in and kind of doing that, doing that role together. It's just creating an awareness for me that it's easy for, for me to let people slip through the cracks. And I think for us as a community, as individuals in our Southridge community and just as people to just let people slip through the cracks, to not notice the people who are around us. And, just had really appreciated that from Rick and seeing how good he was at noticing people and probably wasn't perfect at it, but just was really good at noticing everybody really good at actually being an intentional and following up, following up and really helping people not just to feel welcome in like a friendly morning, Sunday morning kind of way, but the, I actually care about you and want to get to know you. And I think for us as a Vineland community, that's going to be a big challenge for us moving forward in a good way. Maybe I should say it's a big opportunity for us in a big way to actually adopt that posture. Like, for every single one of us in in Vineland to be the people who don't let people get overlooked and not just welcome somebody in and notice that they're new, although that's huge, let's do that. But then also be like, I wonder what it's like for them right now and how do I actually be the one to proactively reach out and welcome them in? How does each one of us do that and not just rely on, you know, Carrie and Nate or Carrie and Nate, because we're not going to do that perfectly. And even if we were, it would be imperfect unless the whole community is doing that together.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I know that when I visit Vineland for special Rickswears send offs or live preaching rotations, or whatever, uh, that there is that that sense of vibrancy and curiosity that you're talking about, especially with the energy of new people and especially kind of compounded by the restart mode that we're in coming out of the pandemic. Um, when you consider all that energy and and optimism, what would you say that people are excited about in your community these days?
1: I mean, I think that people are excited about people. (laughs) I think that, you know, that folks who are in our community are just excited about the community that we are. And again, not to then like, okay, let's draw, let's put walls around that now. But the fact that we just continue to meet new folks who are coming in and and from different kind of places and coming in for different reasons. And, and, and I think that there's just an excitement around that, that we're, we're seeing people who have just some really cool experiences and who are just different than ourselves and, and um, who are excited about what they're seeing in our community as well. And that we're able to kind of just feed off of each other in that, in that posture towards, we want to be in sure. Like, like that language you said of arrows out or of, of just inclusivity of just seeing people on the margins of seeing each other differently. And, that that's the posture of Christ so I think that the excitement that people have is around the people um and definitely I've been feeling that in, in a number of even you know people that I've connected with recently who are newer to the to our community and just been like like just hearing their stories and like here's where they're coming from and hearing their perspectives and the openness and the challenges and that they would have for themselves and their families and for who they want to be and how they want to be able to receive that and, and and send that out into our community as well like you can't help but getting excited but get excited about, about the folks around us. Um, And even just in the, in to the, the people who have been here for a long time, like I, I just sort of kind of have a renewed sense of just appreciation just for just the depth of the love of Jesus that people have just the way that that plays out in their lives in such different ways, but with this consistency of, um, of an other's focus of a willingness to sort of, to see, changes happening in community and in life to roll with that without being shaken off that foundation of Jesus. and, and I think that that's just been really exciting. So I think that's something for us where there's uh, we're excited about that. Um, yeah, just the people around us. And I know I've alluded to this too, but even sort of in the, the language of like the, the proclamation even of our this love beyond belief posture kind of feels woven into that as well that we just get to be who we are as a community right now and it feels very just really vibrant, open and, and exciting.
0: Yeah, I was talking to Tom in the previous podcast about this uh, in regards to the Welland community specifically, but I think for all of us across our locations, it feels like we, we've been affected by our study this past year of the Book of Philippians. And I know for me that big idea of the whole book, Paul's Prayer, that this community would abound and love more and more uh, is something that is increasingly palpable among us and something that I think is... Maybe exciting is the wrong word, but certainly inspiring people. Whether it's relationships with each other or uh, for groups of people on the margins that our anchor causes are serving, there, there, the increase of abounding love is something that I think people are, are, are enthusiastic about. I guess while I'm on that subject, Nate, you know, you talked about some of the integration ideas with the anchor cause. Um, Anything else that's exciting these days as far as the expansion just of the the program itself? You know, we started with kind of adopt the farm program that turned into some Sunday night social activities, you know, field trips, Jays games, Niagara Falls, whatever the medical clinic last year, it was the thrift shop and then the drop-in center. Anything else you want to comment on there in that increasingly robust menu of ways to, to foster friendship that makes a difference?
1: I mean, I think that it's the, I mean, yeah, there's the ongoing expansion of all of like the, what are the needs that our friends are experiencing in our community? And how can we lean into helping to meet those together as we grow in our relationships? And so I think that's going to continue to grow. And we're going to, we, we're at a place right now where more recently, we've started to reach out to our our loca- local, muni- like our municipality, you know, in Lincoln and be able to say, hey, this is what's happening right here in, in our community. And and so, and they, they had kind of said to me, like, you guys are like the best kept secret in our community. And I I felt like, well, we're not intending, we're not trying to like just champion, like, you know, look at us. And we also don't want to hide, actually, I think some of the cool things that are happening. So wanting to really find that balance and kind of connect with each other for that. And so I think there's some, to me, there's some excitement around some resonance that we start to see even at, at a municipal level to say, yeah, like, we're part of this community. This is, you know, Town of Lincoln. This is what's happening in your community and uh, and we just want to continue growing that partnership and and just sort of see where that where that goes and and how we continue to expand this and hopefully maybe even you know provide some example of what it can look like to to be a community that even more holistically um, is this type of community among migrant farm workers knowing that there's communities pockets of migrant farm workers all across Canada and I think there's opportunities for us for us to learn from each other in that way and um, i think the other side of it is just the more, and I think this is really the heart of all of this, is in the relational side, one of the things that we're trying to just lean into unashamedly is that we're not trying to be a, It's it sounds like it sounds like the great, a great thing, but this is actually not the zenith of all of this. We're not just trying to be a community that connects with a different community. We're not trying to be like a church community that connects with a migrant farm worker community. That sounds great. But that's actually still kind of programmatic. What we're really trying to be is people who really, are connected with people who know and love people like i want to know and connect with specific friends from the caribbean who are actually my friends not just i'm a part of a program that connects with this community and so we're even trying to 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 grow that and use language around that so that when it's sort of overwhelming it's like oh there's like 350 you know f- uh, friends from the caribbean here and so i'm going to try to kind of holistically look out for everybody we are in terms of our social services but we're trying to help every person in our in our southridge community be like able to say, we do this, but I'm very specifically connected to this person who I've actually, we've, we've resonated in friendship and gotten to know each other. And I think that's where transformation, mutual transformation really happens. So I think that's something that's, it's not different, but we're really wanting to, to just help each other to really grow in that and not get lost in the just being a program.
0: Along those lines, you know, June we've said is kind of the wrap up of our ministry season, take a bit of a break over the summer, reload for the fall, and then kind of kick off and launch again. As we look to the future, as we look to next year and beyond, what are the big conversations among you and Carrie, or other location pastors, or kind of your core, or maybe community wide? What are some of the big conversations? That are more future oriented when it comes to our Vineland location.
1: I mean, some of them are like on a large scale. And then I can speak to some more specific even thoughts that we have about. I mean, what if we tried these things, but on a large scale? One of the things that we've talked about, and we're you know I've alluded to, but you know, Carly uh, Fessick, who's who leads our youth and is just a you know part of our staff team and a part of our Vineland team, uh, recently, you know, we've been talking about, and Carrie's been talking about in, in family ministry, just the how do we get better at supporting our supporting individuals and families and kids through this lifestyle, this other centered lifestyle. How do we actually grow in that? How do we show that like the thing that we as a community can offer families, if you're coming into this thing, you know, we want it to be fun and we want it to be interesting. Like, but we're not trying to offer like just entertainment for families. There's lots of good entertainment to be had around there. We want to have transformative Jesus centered community to offer our families right here in Vineland and to do that where we're just seeing like, Oh wow. Like what we hear in the Bible and what we hear in the life of Jesus in that focus on others and the most vulnerable among us, that, that there's something just so core to exactly what we're supposed to do and the way, the invitation we have to live. If we're, if we've heard that, and now we're seeing that actually, and we can testify, Oh yeah. Okay. We're seeing how that's true. How do we actually make that increasingly, um, just lived out for children of all ages, of youth, and for, so that they're experiencing that life of faith in every regard. That it's not just when you become an adult that you're here and you're like, oh, okay, we connect and in, in, among Caribbean workers and our lives and our friends and our. But as kids, how do we do that better and better? And how do we gift that to the families in our church? And how do we gift that to each other? So that's a bit, that's a you know a large conversation and trying to, to continue to shape. And that we want the people in our. Uh, in Vineland community to be shaping that. How do we come become more of that integrated community at large, where we're just this unique community in all the ways of this different these different cultures coming together? And I think even in a granular level, we're talking about some some fun stuff of just like not just our you know our Caribbean center, you know this community center growing and you know trying to make sports you know more exciting in terms of like getting make fixing up our cricket pitch in the next few weeks and making that better and having you know fun more fun with the sports there and having more of the social services continuing to grow and just the vibrancy and the food and the ways that we're doing that which is just great um so we're every year we seem to kind of increase sort of how that community center vibe kind of keeps growing we're also been talking about other things like you know how do how do we actually just share meals together with folks coming in and with each other so we know each other better and let's lean into like the hospitality and that Carrie before Rick left and he had been talking about this and Carrie and I have been thinking about this idea of these, he called it, I don't know if we'll stick with this language, but of super hosts of like, what if we had some people in our community here who, you know, whether it's once a week or whatever, just has a community dinner and we're inviting people who are new and we're just having more dinners together, having more hangouts together, being together more so that we get to know each other more in those ways. Um, So definitely there's the large conversations and there's the specifics of just like, How do we do that? Become less programmatic and more community that that eats together, that that loves each other, that serves each other.
0: Nate, as we wrap up, uh, appreciate you being here, but I'm wondering, you know, for both our Southridge members and other leaders listening, you're in a new role, taking on the the spiritual responsibility of essentially a a smaller church community as part of our multi-site kind of identity here as Southridge any final kind of encouragements or challenges to people listening when it comes to just the, the place that local churches like yours are at these days?
1: I mean, I can just speak to, I mean, what just is feels like is on fire for me right now personally. And I think it has relevance to, to our location and has relevance to church communities wherever, wherever they are is I just feel just so more and more, just the opportunity to lean into, I'll start with this person of just like, that on a daily basis, the thing that's being offered to me is just intimacy with Jesus and my identity with Christ, which is so liberating, which is so liberating to just be able to say that that there's deep parts of who I am that I know and deeper parts of myself that I don't even always know that I'm invited to explore that would that resonate with me because this is how I've been created to be to grow more and to grow deeper in my intimacy with Christ and more in terms of my identity and growing in that, that that invitation is just is just there for me daily. And that I'm, I'm experiencing that in our community. I'm experiencing that in the ways that we're challenging each other in the stuff that we've been talking about already, you know, today over this last half hour, that just in the people who are around us that we often overlook. And that it's it doesn't feel like program or hopefully decreasingly feels like program and increasingly just feels like the invitation to just know myself better as I know and just feel that Jesus is inviting me to know him better. And for me, that just feels so freeing. And I'm hoping that as a community, we can just continue to be that in increasing ways of helping each other to explore that um, in the uniqueness of our specific community. And I get so excited about, it. I'm like, it feels like a never ending like a uh, gift of like how deep we can go with that invitation right here. And I just imagine that for any other church leaders in different spaces, it was just like, what is the uniqueness of the communities that you're in and who are the people in that community and that Jesus is inviting other people to go just as deeply into themselves and into their community wherever they are I mean that just feels so dynamic and it feels like just so um, like such an incredible opportunity and it's just a gift that just gives daily and uh, I'm excited about that looking forward to seeing how that plays out in Vineland and I just get excited for other communities that are exploring things in that way too.
0: Fabulous. Well, thanks so much for being here. We're excited for the season ahead.
1: Thanks for having me. It's great to talk, Jeff.
0: And uh, to all of you who are tracking with us again today, thanks for being here. We'll see you in about seven days' time as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody.